So I want you to open up your Bibles to 1 Corinthians chapter 12, which is a very, very common passage of Scripture when you study spirituality. And we will start out a little bit, and I'll tell a lot of stories, but we will start here. And we will read from verse 4 in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, where Paul teaches us. And I want you to start to understand something from the start here, that when the Bible speaks about the Holy Spirit, it speaks about the grace and the Holy Spirit interchangeably. I've already said that here during the weekend. So it is almost like when, 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 when the Bible talks about the Holy Spirit, it uses grace all of a sudden, and then it uses the Holy Spirit again, and it's hard to even separate what's what. And after all, isn't it just pure grace that we have received divine nature? That we have received the Holy Spirit, that we are temples of the Holy Spirit, that the Creator God lives in us through the third person of the Trinity. That's grace, isn't it? So, so you will see this. And when the Bible talks about the spiritual gifts, as, as we usually call them. Now you've got to understand English is my third language. So I'm trying here. My first language is Austrian-German. Preis dem Namen des Herrn. If I could only preach in German here tonight, that would have been beautiful. Huh? Wir müssen das Evangelium so predigen, wie Gott es uns gegeben haben. Dann ist es unverwässert und dann hat es Kraft. Halleluja. Well, that would have been easier. But anyhow, follow me now. When, when we read about the spiritual gifts... It is not saying spiritual gifts in the Greek. It says charismas, which comes from the root word charis, which is grace. So it means the grace effects or the effects of the grace. So, so when we talk about the Holy Spirit, we got to understand that these, these, these gifts, they cannot just be fabricated. Cannot just push a bottom. Are you getting this? flow in them they they manifest they erupt out of us like a volcano would would erupt uh, I, let me see if i can if i can if i can take this picture you know up in the north where i live in in um in north of europe we have all these geysers what do you call them geysers i think you have them here too in uh, in some of your national parks i've seen Pictures from Yellowstone and stuff, right? So, so there are these hot springs, right? And, 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 and the water is shooting up because there's such a pressure on the ground from this volcanic heated water. And when the Bible describes the spiritual gifts, it describes them kind of like that. There is something boiling. There is a pressure. A positive pressure. Beautiful pressure. The grace so overwhelms us. That the grace erupts out of us. And the grace comes out like gushing water. Can you see that? So, so the grace affects. This is how the Bible describes the spiritual gifts. And when we are in an environment where, 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 where the grace is triggered through faith. Because we access grace by faith, isn't it? Ephesians talks like that. Tells us like that. That we are all saved. Right? Through grace, by faith. And so, so we access into grace by faith. And when faith is stirred, expectation is there. The grace effects starts to manifest. 
and come out of us. If you could view it like that, it would be much easier to understand what Paul is speaking about. And then you probably also, I've, I've not even come to read the text yet, but I'm, I'm going to teach you now as to the best of my knowledge here, okay? When, when, when the Bible speaks about the spiritual gifts, you, you've, you've probably heard people say there are nine gifts. There are many, many, many more. More in plural. I don't know how I say that in English. They are in plural. Huh? So, 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 so they are many. Gifts of healing. Right? So, so, so there, are, there, there are many. And, and there are many spiritual gifts or grace effects that are not mentioned here in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Like the interpretation of dreams. Daniel flew in that, right? And other gifts like that. So, nah, there's not nine gifts of the Spirit. There is, there is just a list here. Paul tries to explain something. And he's giving the overflow. And we could, we, we could say that the gifts are the personality of the Holy Spirit. So really what is manifesting is just the Holy Spirit is manifesting through us. Uh, it's Jesus himself. It is, it is the personality of the Holy Spirit that is manifesting through us. So we do this when we teach. We talk about the word of wisdom and word of knowledge. because Then, then it's easier for us to understand. But in real life and in reality, we don't know what will come out of us. It just comes out of us. Because grace is triggered. Can you see this? So, I want to prepare us all for supernatural church. For book of Acts church, right? So let's, let's read here now from 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Let's go into this text and just read from verse 4. It says, there are different kinds of gifts. And in the Greek it says, there are different kinds of charismas. Different kinds of effects of the grace. But the same spirit with big S in your English Bibles. So follow me now. There are different kinds of service, but the same Lord. And there are different kinds of working, but the same God, who works all of them in all men. We would stop right there. I don't know if you paid attention now. But the Trinity was mentioned in these three verses. In verse 4, the Holy Spirit. In verse 5, the Lord Jesus Christ, the Son of God. And in verse 6, God the Creator. And we can see the gifts or the grace effects are tied to the Holy Spirit. The services, which would be the apostle, the prophet, right? The evangelist and the teacher and the shepherd. They are tied to Jesus, to the Lord, to the God. And then the workings. What is that? Uh, that is the growth, Right? It's the supernatural work of the grace. We could talk about, about, um, about the spirit of law of life. How we are being transformed into his likeness. How he works with us. How he lets things grow. So that is tied to God the Father. So we can see the Trinity here. And we can also see how this is tied. And that we, we, we need to understand that we all have Jesus. We all have the Holy Spirit and we all have God because we know we can't separate the Trinity. So there is something here that I really need to get to you now. When people say like this, well, I have the gift of prophecy and then I have the gift of speaking in tongues and then I have the gift of discerning between spirits. These are the gifts I have. That's wrong. That's based upon bad Bible translations and not knowing the origin Greek. 
Because you have the Holy Spirit, period. And the Holy Spirit has it all. So you have it all. You have Jesus. So that means you can all be apostles in one sense. You can all be evangelists and shepherds and teachers. But then there are certain people called specifically to these tasks. But everything is in us. Jesus is not hindered. It is very important. If, you, if, you, if you're being shipwrecked and you end up on an island with an unreached people group, Jesus is not hindered just because there is not an apostle there because Jesus is an apostle in you. Does this make sense? He's not hindered because there is an evangelist in you. His name is Jesus. And so on. So there is this, there, uh, there is this thing that we've got to understand that everything belongs to us. And if we limit God by thinking about the spiritual gifts like, like Santa Claus is coming. Okay, you've been very good. Here I give prophecy to you. Uh, let me see what I got in my sack. Ah, discernments between spirits to you. And you look so good. I'm going to give you the gift of speaking in tongues. This is how, somehow how we viewed it, right? And then when we are all together, this is how we've been thinking. Now the Holy Spirit can manifest in its fullness. Ah, wrong. 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 Not according with the Greek text. Wrong. We all have Jesus to the full. Let me ask you now, did you receive 5% of the Holy Spirit or did you receive 100% of the Holy Spirit? All right? Did you receive the person of the third? And now people go in their minds. I know, I know. Yeah, but Paul says, 1 Corinthians chapter 12, in the end there, can all speak in tongues, can all prophesy? No. Then let me ask you, what did Jesus say in Mark's gospel chapter 16? Didn't he say that these signs would follow everyone who believed? So is, let me just ask you, Jesus and Paul, are they in disagreement somehow? Jesus means everyone can. Speak in tongues, cast out demons, heal the sick. And Paul means not everyone can? No. There must be a wrong interpretation here somehow, huh? And we understand it when we started the Greek and we really look into these chapters. We understand that Paul speaks about the church and the fellowship of the believers. And when they are coming together, then not everyone can speak in tongues and interpret at the same time because then no one would get anything. Not, not everyone can heal the sick. Who should be the one prayed for? Are you getting what I'm saying? So they are speaking about different things. Paul speaks about the fellowship of the believers and Jesus speaks about it. every believer can. Can you see this? So, you, so, so when, you, when you go into deep studies of these texts, you understand that, no, 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 it's not like that. And I think that there's a lot of misunderstandings around this according to how I see it. Oh, this guy, he is so gifted with the gifts of healing and this guy. No, he has stirred his faith in those areas. He's gone after it. But it's all there. And then, of course, tied to certain services, like an evangelist or an apostle, uh, we can flow stronger in some gifts. Because it fits, some gifts goes easier with a more bolder personality or whatever it is, or aggressive personality. The gifts of the miraculous. You know, when you start to walk on water and stuff. You with me? Yeah, I had a friend, he walked on, he crossed the lake, 
True story. He crossed the lake. I said, wow. Why did God let you cross a lake? What was the deep purpose of that? He looked at me like I was an idiot. He said, it was too long to walk around it. <laughs> Are you with me? So follow me now. If you have the Holy Spirit, you have all the charismas. If you have Jesus, you're capable of, in one sense, flowing all the different services. Apostle, prophet, and evangelist, and shepherd, and teacher. If you have God, all the workings is possible with you. All right. We've just read the three first verses here. Let's read them again. There are different kinds of charismas, gifts, manifestations, effects, but the same spirit. There are different kinds of service, but the same Lord, Jesus. And there are different kinds of working, but the same God who does what? Works all of them in all men. Hello. I know some of you, are, you are right now, you've been thinking one way for many, many years and it's being busted. Isn't that wonderful? Isn't that wonderful? So receive it now. Receive it now. He works all of them in all men. Did it say like that? What does it say here a little further on? I mean, if we would jump a little bit in the text. We can read in verse 11. All these are the work of one and the same spirit. And then it says, and he gives them to each one just as he determines. And then we're thinking again, well, it, it says he, he gives them. No, the Greek says... They manifest where he determines they should manifest. They come out where he determines they should come out. I always say he chooses the hottest. <laughs> That's not good looking, okay? <laughs> the hottest. <laughs> he, he, he chooses the hottest stove in the kitchen. If you have one red hot, that is only, only red hot. You won't start, you know, with another one. You will boil your tea right there. And so Jesus will choose the hottest stove. And there he will manifest. So if there are three people, he will choose the one where the earth is thinnest. Where the volcano can erupt. Are you getting it? Where there is most pressure, more faith, most, most faith, so that he can come out. So what is the gift? Well... The gift is the Holy Spirit and he has all the effects, but our faith brings them into action. All right, let's read now from verse 7. Now to each one the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. Did you see it was written like that? The manifestation. To one there is given through the Spirit the message of wisdom. To another, the message of knowledge by means of the same Spirit. To another, faith by the same Spirit. To another, gifts of healing by that one Spirit. And to another, miraculous powers. And to another, prophecy. And to another, distinguishing between spirits. And to another, speaking in different kinds of tongues. And to still another, the interpretation of tongues. And all these are the work of of one and the same spirit and he gives them to each one or he manifests where he wants and determines them to manifest. Are you getting it? All right. 
if we would start to talk about this, there is a beautiful thing here that we should not rely on our intellect so much or rely on ourselves so much. How many of you know that? Uh, the more we get to know the grace, the more we understand that this is not about us. Are you here? And the more we understand it's not about us, the more we relax and the more God can operate. So when it talks about the grace effects, there is a wisdom that the Holy Spirit has that has got nothing to do with university degrees. Nothing to do with book knowledge. It's something completely different. There's a wisdom that is from God. And this wisdom is so superior so that it almost brings fear to man. Because we understand that there's a higher brain at work now. And we can read about this, this word of wisdom or this spirit of wisdom. Already in Isaiah, the prophet, chapter 11, when Isaiah, you know, prophesies about Messiah to come, Jesus to come. He says like this in Isaiah chapter 11, verse 2, 3. The spirit of the Lord will rest on him. The spirit of wisdom and of understanding. And the spirit of counsel and of might. And the spirit of the knowledge and fear of the Lord. Isn't this beautiful? So when that wisdom comes among us, that's that spiritual wisdom that just solves problems. Are you getting it? When that wisdom comes into the boardroom of a church, we just have a supernatural solution to something that have been delicate to us. Huh? Oh, if we would flow in the word of wisdom when we have our board meetings. Oh, if we were flowing the word of wisdom when we met with unbelievers. Huh? Jesus did that all the time. When was he flowing in the word of wisdom? In the little prayer group? Huh? Nah. With the people. Right out there. You know, we think the spiritual gifts is for the prayer meeting. Or for, for the little house church. For the little believers. But then we, 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 we don't want to scare people out there. <laughs> For what do you need word of wisdom? With a bunch of believers locked up in a little room. <laughs> you need it when you meet with presidents and kings and politicians and journalists. and Isn't it? You need it out there. Where your faith is being questioned. That's when you need to flow. In the word of wisdom. I never forget there was a journalist that was after me. I've <laughs> had a lot of them after me. <laughs> this one was a hard one. She was a Jewish woman, a socialist, coming after me with everything she had. And she was going to make a program about our ministry. And she came with a, a cute little tape recorder and her mic. And she came into my room. And she asked me, the first question was this, are you one of those imperialistic missionaries that goes down to Africa to destroy the beautiful original cultures that they have? And I took a deep breath, you know, <laughs> took a deep breath. And I, and I said when I inhaled, Holy Spirit, I could need some help right now. And immediately the answer came, not from the brain, 
but from the Spirit. I said, hey, imperialistic missionary, destroying the so beautiful original cultures. Why don't you ask the Somali girl that same question, whose parents became Christians in my meetings in Ethiopia? Ask her. She's 16 or 17 now, and she still has got her clitoris intact, her libiums. She's not been, you know, cut up and then stitched together and then opened up with a butcher's night at her wedding night, 14 years old. Do you know something about women's circumcision and huh? those enormous injustice that is going on in those cultures? And she looked at me, why don't you ask her parents if I'm an imperialistic missionary that I've destroyed her so called beautiful original culture. The faith I carried to her village has given her the freedom and liberty to be the woman she was created to be and to actually feel pleasure in marriage one day and not, you know, lose so much blood at her first deliverance so that she dies. And I continued and I just laid it out for her. I mean, you are a socialist, aren't you? You believe, you, you, you're fighting against gender-based injustices, aren't you? I mean, we have actually succeeded with what you socialists haven't succeeded with. The missionaries succeeded, not you. That's what we do. Let me tell you about William Carey, I continued. Before he came to India, hmm, the, the widows were burned with their husbands. Let me continue to tell you. And I just, it just flooded out of me. I cannot repeat it now because it happened then. It just flooded out. She <clears throat> put her tape recorder on stop. And then she cussed. <laughs> For a long time. <laughs> and then she looked at me and said, Damn, you are good preacher. And I was thinking, no, I'm not good. I don't know where that came from. You know, I was just sending a prayer up to heaven. Thank you for the spirit of wisdom and knowledge and understanding that brings the fear of God into a room. Are you getting it? I've been standing in universities in front of agnostics and atheists and humanists all over all over Europe. And then the time comes for Q&A's. <laughs> I want to run. <laughs> but then the Holy Spirit comes upon me. And after three questions, no one dares to ask another question. <laughs> and I'm wondering what just happened. Because I was drunk in high school. <laughs> but God stepped into the room. Are you getting this? You need this. At the faculty. Are you hearing me? You need this. In the room with your working colleagues. You need this when you are facing, you know, challenging questions. When you're being cornered by people that wants to question your faith. You need to flow in the word of wisdom. Word of wisdom is not just for church. Church inside of the walls. Word of wisdom is out there. You're meeting with the Muslims. 
You're meeting with the agnostics. You're meeting with the humanists. That's where it's for. Jesus proves that. In Mark's gospel, chapter 12, they want to trap him. How many of you remember? From verse 13, the Pharisees and the Herodians come to catch him in his words and say, is it right to give taxes to Caesar or should we not? Here are the Pharisees, the, the, the ultra-Orthodox, right? This Jewish party that wants to implement the Torah law and society. And here are the Herodians that are with the occupying forces. Standing under King Herod that, is, that, that had aligned himself with the, with the occupation force, with the Romans. So, so here they are. Now uh, let's see what he answers. Huh. If he says we should pay taxes... The Pharisees and the Zealots and the other, you know, you know, nationalistic parties, they will get him. If he says we should not, then the Herodians will get him. Oh, they thought they were so smart. Now we've trapped him. And Jesus says, give me a coin. And they hand him a coin. How many of you remember the story? And he looks at it, huh? Whose portrait is this? Whose inscription? Whose signature? Who's, who's, who oh, sees us? Well, it for sure looks like this belongs to Caesar. Has got his face, has got his signature. By all means, give to Caesar what belongs to Caesar. But give to God what belongs to God. Wow. You are God's coin. you God's portrait. You are his image. He has signed you. You're his masterpiece of art. By all means, give the coins and the bills to Caesar. But give yourself fully to God. Brilliant. Brilliant. Word of wisdom. And Jesus was flowing like that all the time. How many of you remember when the Sadducees came? Oh, you know, there was a woman that was married to a brother. The brother died and there were seven brothers. And according to the Mosaic law, how many of you remember? Well, the brother should marry the widow to put children in his stead. And they all married the same woman. No one had children. So, hmm, whose wife will she be in the resurrection? They thought they were so smart. Now we got him. And Jesus says, aren't you in error because you don't know the scriptures nor the power of God? What an answer. Huh? Is that why you are so ignorant? And then he just starts to lecture them about the burning bush and what God said there about the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob and about how it will be in heaven and how we will not have gender like down here and how we would not be married up there like that way. And he just starts to lecture them and until they don't know what to say. And he ends up saying, God is not a God for the dead but for the living. And he continues, and after that, they don't dare to ask any questions because the fear of God hovers over them. Are you getting this? Word of wisdom. We need to be a supernatural church. You know, I understand why youth in America don't want to don't be, you know, stupid charismatics. Can I talk with you about this? We have a problem because we've misunderstood the gifts of the Spirit. It's something for the little prayer meeting or for the house. No, 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 no. It's for the universities. Yeah, it's for Congress. Are you hearing me? Yes. It's for television. It's right there when you're being cornered. 
and the Spirit of God comes upon you and you answer brilliantly. And God will raise up and stir that gift and bring it into operation in His church. 2016. Don't you believe that? Yes. Let's believe God will stir a word of wisdom to come through all of us. In the conversations with our working colleagues and our friends. Let's move on quick. I know. Oh, time's running like crazy. Word of knowledge. I always say a word of knowledge is God's paparazzi camera. Zooming in. Are you, are you there? Yeah. Telling about the little liver of dot you any little dot you have here. I don't know what you call them in English. Not liver. Something else, huh? <laughs> something else. There's something in here somewhere. <laughs> word of knowledge. <laughs> Ah, I'm glad I can amuse you. I'm amusing myself with my bad English. John's Gospel, chapter 1, verse 48. How many of you remember when Philip brought Nathanael to Jesus? He's skeptic. Hey, what good can come from Nazareth? Well, come and see. When Nathanael approaches, Jesus says, oh, here's a true Israelite in whom there's nothing false. And he's a skeptic. Okay, so how can you know me? Are you trying to flatter me now, Rabbi? He's cynical. He's skeptical. Is that what you're saying? So he, and Jesus just nails him. How many of you remember? Well, Nathanael, you see, I saw you when you were under that fig tree. That is outside of your house where you used to sit, you know. Saw you already then when, when Philip called you. You've never been to my home? No. How could you have seen me? Well, I saw you under the fig tree just when Philip was calling you. And this little piece of detailed information just nails him. And he says, you're the son of God. He turns around. Can you see it? In the split of a second from being a skeptic to, you're the son of God. You're the Messiah. Isn't it beautiful? And this is how we react because this is how stupid we are. <laughs> if someone will reveal something little about us, little piece of not about us, that no one else knows. Oh, you're the son of God. You're the Messiah. Okay, let me move on. Let me move on. I'm not in Europe, Johannes. You're not in Europe. <laughs> Sean does I want to crack jokes that is not for America. How many of you remember? How many of you remember when Jesus met that woman at the well? Chapter 4. She's a skeptic. I'm always thinking about my mom. I don't know for some reason. My mom was just like that. Well, you think you know something. Ah, uh, you're not even 30 and you think you know something. Ah, uh, I remember how she talked to me before she came to Jesus, you know. Huh? You think you got something to teach me? Oh, my goodness. My mom, I was like, hmm. Ah, uh, yeah, let's move on. But Jesus just nails her. Go get your husband. How many of you remember? I don't have a husband. Ah, that's right. You've had five. 
And the one you, that is sleeping back home there in your bed right now, he's not your husband either, is he? I understand you are a prophet. That's how quick you can turn. Oh, okay. And that's how she's being one for Jesus. And she tastes the living water through one word of knowledge. I think word of knowledge is, is for evangelism. Powerful. I sat in a train once. There was a woman just opposite to me and started to share the gospel with her. And she got a little upset with me and said, I backed down. And then I just saw a movie played inside of my head. And I saw she had been abused by two guys in the backseat of a car. This past week, and just played. I said, God, what, what, what do I do with this? So I just leaned forward and I said, I understand this must be a tough Monday because of what happened Saturday. That's all I said. <gasps> How do you know? I saw it. What? How, how could have you? I saw it in here. It was played in here somewhere. What do you what do you mean? And I started telling her, yeah, it was in the backseat of a car. There were two guys. They were treating you horribly. Tears just starting rolling down her cheeks. And from being upset and skeptical, she turned like this. How do you know? Because God knows and God loves you and God knows you. One word of knowledge and everything opens up. You getting it? Oh, yes. We need it. Yes. Gift of special faith. Let me just say something about that. We will continue tomorrow again and teach and teach and teach. But there are three types of faith, as I understand it. There's one faith that is just human faith based upon experiences and knowledge. How many of you know what I'm talking about? You win one tennis match, you win a second one and a third one and a fourth one, and then you believe you're a good tennis player. Hey, you are on a winning strike. It's got nothing to do with God, really. You were created that way. And now you've had some positive experiences. How many of you know that if a guy tries his best to date a girl and he fails and he does that five times when he's about to date the sixth girl, there is something on his forehead. You know what I'm saying? Bad experiences. Little faith. A lot of experiences. Great faith. Positive experience. Great faith. So, human faith. But then there is something that the Bible calls salvation faith. Which is like a muscle. Romans talks about it. Ephesians talks about it. Faith given to us in salvation. We wouldn't be saved without that. We all have faith. Faith that can grow. Faith that we can work. Faith is like a muscle. Salvation faith. Yeah. If you practice it and use it, it, you, it, it will grow. And then the Bible talks about special faith. A grace that comes at a certain period of time for a special thing that needs to be done. Maybe a mission or something that you need to carry out. You don't have what it takes to do it, but you've been given everything. What, 
everything that it takes. You've been given for a short period of time. It doesn't last with you, but it's special time. How many of you are getting what I'm saying? Special faith. Special faith. It's amazing. When it comes upon me, I know when it comes upon me, I, I get more things done in five minutes than I can get done in five years. It comes upon me sometimes when we start to pray for the sick and people are out of wheelchairs and blind sea and we just move like and then it's gone. But it was there and everything worked for a short period of time. Or, or I'm under hard pressure and I'm asking God for special faith to carry through. And God gives me special faith to carry through. And I'm on some kind of a heavenly drug. That keeps me through for a couple of months. Special faith is needed in so many areas of our lives. Jesus was practicing it. He was leaving Bethany. He was hungry, Mark 11 tells us. And he saw a fig tree in leaf. How many of you know that when God is hungry? God is hungry. <laughs> and he doesn't care if it isn't seasoned for figs. He created the tree. So if someone who's created a tree wants figs, he doesn't care if it is seasoned for figs. He will squeeze a fig out of the tree or close the store. <laughs> what are you describing now? Aggressive, special faith. Jesus starts to look for figs on a tree when it's not seasoned for it. That will be like you coming to Stockholm where I live and Look for apples in January. We would tell you, hey, come on now. Hey, Louisiana boy, hey. It doesn't work. You, you, you got hey, Come on. And Jesus is going through that tree. Can you see him? Branches and leaves are flying all directions. Where are the figs? I'm hungry for figs. Thomas says, I doubt he find any figs. And then Jesus starts to cuss the tree. You will never ever bear fruit again. Die. How many of you understand this is a little too much? It's a little unbalanced. John is a sensitive guy. He's a tree hugger. He's a Greenpeace activist. He starts to cry. <laughs> I don't like when he speaks to trees like that. Peter is there too. Peter says, I love when he speaks to trees like that. All the personalities are there, you know. They are all there. <laughs> He's going to squeeze figs out of that tree. That's Peter's mentality. You getting it? And they all hear him, and he says nothing. I love that about him, by the way. Isn't he cool? Isn't Jesus cool? He just curses the tree, and then he walks. Let's go. <laughs> and the next day, they are coming back, and all the leaves are on the ground, and it's withered from the root. And they go, ra, 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 Rabbi, <laughs> the tree you cursed. What's the matter with you? Have faith in God, or have God's kind of faith. Come on now. You could speak to the mountain over there. You could speak to the tree here to be uprooted. If you didn't doubt in your heart, but believe what you said came up. 
Okay, that last word was Swedish. But <laughs> getting excited, you know. <laughs> All right. Special faith comes like that. All right. How many of you remember when Jesus was standing at Lazarus' grave? I mean, if any one of us would have prayed like that, we would have never been welcome in a church again. <laughs> Remove the stone. Oh, he's been dead four days. Remove the stone. And he has those eyes. How many of you know what I'm saying? Don't mess with those eyes. <laughs> eyes of faith. You don't mess around. We're coming through. I said we're coming through right now. We're going in. He smells. Remove the stone. And then he prays a prayer that none of us would get away with. He says, Father God, I thank you that you always hear me. Yeah. And I, I did not really pray for my own sake. Prayed for the people standing around me here, those unbelievers here. They would understand. And if we would pray like that. But you know what is going on? Special faith is in operation. And when special faith is in operation, you don't pray. You call things into existence. When special faith is in operation, you take what belongs to the kingdom of God. When special faith is in operation, you push a stone to the side and you call a corpse out. That's what happens when special faith is in. And you need it in your business, in your family. You need it. You need it when you speak to your children. Huh? When they lost all their self-esteem, when they got nothing left. And you look your 16-year-old daughter straight into her eyes and you tell her, don't you talk that crap. Let me tell you who you are. Isn't it? Special faith is for so many different areas. And with special faith, you will pull people into the kingdom of God. Today, I will baptize you. I told a 61-year-old agnostic. You will not, priest. I will. <laughs> he looked so afraid. <laughs> I shared the gospel with him and I had him laugh. And, and I said again. Today, before this day is over, I will baptize you. Oh, how can you say that? Because I've seen it. What do you mean? I've seen it. I've seen it. And I continued. That evening I baptized him. That evening he got baptized in the Holy Spirit in, in my car. Special faith will do that for you. They will call a guy out of a grave. Okay. We will end right there. And we will continue tomorrow. And, to, and, and, and tomorrow, we will use the whole time. Now we looked at the documentary, but we will use the whole time and just teach and teach and teach. And I want you coming hungry. All right? Uh, because I want to prepare. I, 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 can I be very bold with you? Huh? Let me be bold with you. You know, we have, diff we have grace for different things. And this is the grace God has given me to release the supernatural. I've done that for over 20 years, 25 years. 
So, so I, I, I want to teach this. And I want to stir something in you. And when you listen to this, even though you may say, this is simple, this is, this is, this is basic, there's a grace coming with it. An anointing coming with it. A stir coming with it. And it will start to come out of you. And flow out of you. And it will start to manifest. All right? Let's stand up on our feet everywhere here. And just lift up our hands. Thanks for listening today. We hope you were encouraged by the Word of God. If you'd like more information on North Point Community Church, you can find us online at www.northpoint.ccpeople.com.